Today we're continuing our series on the Lord's Prayer, and I want to look at the version we find in the Gospel according to Matthew. We read the one from Luke this morning, um, and we're going to use the Revised Standard Version because that's the version of the prayer we say every week. So, Joanne, can you put that up? Thank you. Pray like then like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, Wayne has preached on the first two sentences from this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm continuing with, give us this day our daily bread, and... Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So, we're getting to the part of prayer that we all think of as prayer. Getting God to give us stuff, right? I'm kidding. Um, It's here that Jesus does teach us what we should ask for and how we should ask for it. And you'll notice that there's no pleading with God. There's no bargaining with God. There's no complaining to God here. There's no begging God. That isn't what Jesus taught us. Although, as you saw in the Luke reading, there was a lot of audacity involved. So there's persistent prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. But in this case, he just simply says, give us this day our daily bread. We come to God in faith because we already know God wants the best for us. What should we ask for? We ask God to provide for our physical needs by asking for our daily bread And we ask God to provide healing to our souls through forgiveness. Giving and forgiving. Did you notice that that was in the third verse of our first hymn? Always giving and forgiving. Um, Let's begin by understanding one basic thing. God is always our provider. God is a giver and a forgiver. That's what he does. This is very similar, in a sense, to the first petition in the prayer, which was, hallowed be thy name. May your name be holy is a petition, but it's not asking God to do anything that he hasn't already done. His name is holy. We pray this prayer so that we're reminded to keep God's name holy. Giving and forgiving are God's nature. It's who he is, and we just need to be reminded of that. So, now we're going to look a little deeper. Give us our bread. Give us. Our bread is a gift. Jesus didn't teach us to pray that God would sell us our daily bread or offer it in exchange for worship or sacrifice or anything else. In this petition, we just ask God. We ask him to give us something. We ask him for daily bread because we are poor. We are broke. We're destitute. We come to him as beggars because God owns everything. He gives everything. We have nothing to offer God in exchange. He needs nothing from us. He doesn't need our love. He doesn't need our gratitude even. That's all we have to offer him, but he doesn't need it. Does this mean we can just sleep in and let our Heavenly Father deliver food to our door? Well, no. God has ordained that we work. 
for our food. We need to do all we can to provide for ourselves and for our families, never forgetting that everything we do have comes from God. It is a gift. In Ecclesiastes, that's an obscure one, the writer says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. This says that finding satisfaction in our toil is a gift from God. Working in order to eat and drink, that's how things are meant to be. So our second thing to note is give us bread. The God of Providence is concerned about our mundane, everyday needs, such as food to eat, water to drink, clothes to wear, shelter for our bodies. Therefore, in his providence, he makes the crops grow. He makes the rains fall. He provides what we need for clothing and for shelter. He gives us what we need for daily life. Have you ever considered that all of this is kind of a miracle? Crops, rain, seasons. Why is food so delicious? Hmm. I think it's a sign that God loves us very much. In our day, we're so far away from most of the growing of the crops and the, I don't know, raising of the animals that we eat that we don't even see it for the gift that it is. Garrison Keeler talks about those tasteless tomatoes that we get in the supermarket that are strip mined down in Texas somewhere. That's kind of how we see things. Our stuff is packaged and marketed and sold to us in uh, various ways that aren't miraculous at all looking. But... Do you know what a miracle bread is? I just figured this out a couple of years ago. You probably already knew this. It's just flour and water. Flour and water and air. You have flour, you can't eat it. Water, you can drink it, but it's not very nourishing in the long run. You put flour and water together, and in the air, there's yeast that comes in there, and it makes it eats all the little carbohydrates and makes bubbles and rises all by itself. You don't have to do anything. And then you bake it, and it's bread, and it's nourishing. That's a miracle to me. I love it. God provides our daily bread, and it's miraculous. So give us this day our daily bread. Without God's hand in it, we wouldn't survive. The Israelites were aware of this when God, through Moses, led them out of Egypt into the wilderness. They lived for 40 years on the miraculous bread of heaven, the manna that came to them daily. And in Psalm 78... It's put in very poetic form. It says, Yet he gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of heavens. the heavens. He rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. Human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. Our bread, our food, they're a daily miracle. Well, I've been saying daily a lot, and that's the next word that we're looking at. We ask for our bread from God daily. Not because we believe God is going to forget, but because it helps us to remember our daily dependence on God. We are never out of relationship with our Father if we meet with him every single day. And we ask him daily for our needs. We can easily forget our our dependence. We think we're in control. When we're feeling good about the future, we go, yeah, 
I've got my 401k, I've got my IRA, the stock market's doing well, my social security checks are going to continue to roll in, life is good. Stock market makes a little hiccup and you're kind of panic, and the um, exchange rate goes south and you're like, ah, I don't know. It's not about the economy in which you live. It's about God. We depend on him daily. Jesus says this a little bit later in the book of Matthew, right after the Lord's Prayer. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Daily dependence on God is essential for our faith. And this is sort of a sidebar. Note, too, that this prayer, this whole prayer, is plural. Give us this day our daily bread. I just want to remember that as God's child, I don't pray only for my own bread, but for bread for those who have none. As people who love our neighbors as ourselves, we should at least take into consideration those who have needs as well. Best of all, we can share what we have with those who have need, and this is how we can be their answer to prayer. We can be the channel of God's giving to them. If every person, every church did that, we would not have hunger in this world, which brings us back to thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and... Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive our trespasses. Jesus told us to ask God for forgiveness for our sins whenever we pray. Now, of course, when we first placed our faith in Jesus, we asked for forgiveness. And we believed God did forgive us. But we continue to sin, and we miss the mark, and we are not the people God wants us to be. If we want a relationship with God, we need to ask him to forgive us wherever we fall short. Here's another revelation I had. Do you know why the words give and forgive sound so much alike? They're the same word. I had no idea. Maybe this isn't news to you. But forgive means to give completely. It's, uh, let's see, it's pardon is the same word, only the Latin version of it, like Donar in Espanol means give, perdón. In Old English, the word forgiven, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. You all know Old English, right? Uh, it means to give up, as well as to give in marriage, giving away the bride, forgiven. Who knew? You give up when you give forgiveness. You give up all rights to whatever that issue was. You never get to bring it up again. You have given it away. If you gave a gift and you said, oh, except for I want it back uh, a couple times a year, that's not a gift. So this is how God forgives. He gives it away. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. 
As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's from Psalm 103. We ask God for forgiveness because we owe him obedience. Forgive us our debts, remember? We owe him our thanks. Even trying to be sinless without understanding our dependence on God is to miss the mark. It's to sin. Sin creates an obligation or a debt to God that we cannot possibly repay. We have nothing, remember? Everything is his. The good news, literally the good news of the gospel, is that our God loves to forgive. As much as providing our daily bread is part of God's nature, so is forgiveness. It is a free gift. It's available. He already wants to forgive you. All you have to do is accept the gift. It's there. You can be forgiven if you want to be forgiven. And then the last line here is, as we forgive those who trespass against us. So, wait a minute, Carolyn. You just said it was a free gift, and now it sounds like it's got a condition on it. God won't forgive me unless I forgive others. It's a little different from that. As Jesus' disciples, we have responded to his call to repent. And our sins are now forgiven. But we're not simply supposed to sit back and enjoy our forgiveness. We are also to forgive others. Those who have received forgiveness are so grateful to God that they in turn will eagerly forgive those who are debtors to them. This doesn't teach that humans must forgive other people before God will forgive them. No, forgiveness of others is proof that a disciple's sins are forgiven and that we possess salvation. Paul says something very similar in Colossians. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Disciples are to forgive those who've wronged them to maintain a joyful experience of their own salvation. And if we don't forgive, it's evidence that we really haven't experienced forgiveness for ourselves. We really haven't accepted that gift. So in your heart of hearts, you may be asking, why should I forgive those who've hurt me when they really deserve punishment? And yes, they do. They do. They've hurt you. They deserve to be punished. Well, we do it in light of God, both God's generosity and Christ's sacrifice for us. And that's what ties these two petitions together, this giving and this forgiving. I'm sure you all remember the second sermon I ever preached. You were all here, right? It was in July. Wayne and Anna were gone, so they have an excuse not to remember. I talked about the two pillars that are the foundation of our faith, creation and redemption, and I compared it to the Golden Gate Bridge that everything hangs from those two pillars, creation, redemption. Well, you know what? That's giving. God gave us life and forgiving. Giving and forgiving. They are, they are the basis of our faith right there in the middle of this prayer. I love this. I think this is what God does. He makes us, he gives us everything we need to have an abundant life. And if we accept it, God redeems us and forgives us of all our sins. Creation, redemption, giving, forgiving. That's who God is. That's what we pray here every week. And perhaps you pray it every day at home. I hope you'll remember that this is what God intended for you. Remember, our creator, our redeemer, the one who gives 
the one who forgives. Amen.